Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Energy City Plugged In Podcast, where we talk about the latest in news, sports, and entertainment in the Estevan area. The Energy City Plugged In Podcast is sponsored by the Estevan Mercury, Estevan's number one source for news since 1903. You are listening to us via the Press Play Network at pressplaynetwork.ca, on the Estevan Mercury's website at estevanmercury.ca, or via iTunes or SoundCloud. My name is David Wilberg, and I'm a reporter for the Estevan Mercury. Joining me this week is Norm Park, the editor for the Estevan Mercury. Norm, thanks for joining me. It's great to have you here. Coming from you, to you, from SoundCloud, I guess. <laughs> yes, and speaking of clouds, uh, uh-huh. clouds and weather, everyone at Estevan is talking about the... Since it, when, you know the last time we talked, it was nice and warm and sunny, and it was un, much warmer than normal. An unbelievable November. Yeah, turned into an unbelievable December. Yes, unbelievable and for on, all the wrong reasons. On uh, yeah, separate uh, on separate ends of the scale. I think we've got about uh, fifty centimeters of snow on the ground in a lot of areas, and there's some snow banks that are probably as tall as me, which means they're taller than yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And uh, I took a quick tour this this morning. Uh, this is, of course, being uh, December 9th. And uh, with uh, Norm Mack, Public Works, uh, the drainage and uh, guy. And uh, I'm telling you, uh, we saw some mounds of snow where they're uh, taking the snow. And it's over 20 meters high on some locations in the city where they're having to stock it, stockpile it. And, of course, uh, unfortunately, there's no value on snow. <laughs> <laughs> no, unfortunately. Yeah, they're mining a lot of it out there right now, but uh, there's just uh, there's just no place, uh, or I should say there's no value, value to it other than uh, the removal costs. And uh, some of the areas of the city, as he said, are, are really, uh, we're really bogged right in. They Wellick just, Road they, being the worst, Wellick probably. Wellick was one of the worst ones, and that's one area that we went to. And then, of course, uh, there's areas in Pleasantdale, of course, that get... Uh, snowed in because it's a bit of a bowl in there. Mm-hmm. So so there's some really tough areas in the city, and uh, it's amazing how the, the crews are getting at it and getting it done and, and picking it up, not only just moving the snow, but they're removing it, and that's great. Yeah, I think it's the, the, the city crews and the contractors uh, deserve a lot of credit for the fact that they've been able to get a move in on the snow that has fallen because... I really, we got, like I said, we got nearly two feet of snow in a nine-day span. Yeah, and they're and putting in 16, 18-hour days, I believe, yep. to, just to get it, get rid of it. They've been getting up at 3 a.m. every morning. Norm has been uh, with the city for 30 years, and he said this: these twin storms, right among the five worst that he's seen in 30 years. So it puts it into perspective how bad it's been and mm-hmm. and how much work these crews have had to do. And it's not just clean our streets, it's sidewalks, <laughs> pathways, parking lots. It's it's the works. And the they've done element, a great job. The other element, too, that uh, you know we have to bring into the fact is that uh, end of November, we got some wet snow that turned into ice and uh, mm-hmm. you know sort of put the ground work on to uh, the 30 to 50 centimeters of snow that we got after that. So when they do uh, grind down to the bare wear, uh, what we're seeing is ice yeah. underneath all that snow. So it's made for some treacherous driving, uh, very treacherous walking. And, uh, and of course, uh, there's no public works team that can help us on that one. 
but they have been doing a great job of clearing it, so at least we can see what we're, what our, our enemy is. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, it's, you know, of course, it's the old uh, go out there and do the old Saskatchewan shuffle, uh, mm-hmm. you know, hurt your hips, but, uh, but with the walking motion, but uh, at the same time, you're not going to break them. At least it makes me thankful that I've got snow tires on my car and grips for my boots because it makes it a little bit easier to get around town and you can feel a little bit uh, right. more comfortable. I was uh, over at the, the hospital the other day and there was a couple of people in there that had, you know, taken tumbles and were in there. And uh, like both of them said, uh, they were fortunate that they didn't have any broken bones, but uh, uh, they're going to have a lot of heavy, deep bruises just because of the fact that they uh, were w- trying to walk on, on the treacherous uh, ice-laden streets and uh, down they went. And of course, there's nobody to blame for that. It's not the city's fault. It's not. Uh, it's not their fault. It's just... Yeah, if you want to blame anybody, blame Ma Nature. Yeah. Now, there are probably two groups that are going to be happy with this. Number one, snowmobile users, of which you, right. <laughs> y- you and I are not snowmobile guys, although there is part of me that, you know, it, it does look like a lot of fun. Well, you and talked to some of them, didn't you, this week? I, I talked with uh, Dave Heyer, the uh, president sure. of the Snowmobile Club, mm-hmm. yeah. about, you know, how happy they are to have snow because they haven't had snow the last two winters. Exactly. The other one is farmers and have, uh, you know, I know that you know, you're pretty very knowledgeable when it comes to the agriculture sector around. Are they pretty happy with the amount of snow that they've had, or is it maybe for, too much? Yeah, for the most part, but I, I think the, the worry out there now is too much uh, because there was a, a decent groundwater uh, level uh, going into the winter. So it, it was not, you know, the dryness was not going to be a major concern for them. This year we had a good uh, June uh, rains this year, and going into the fall the moisture conditions were pretty decent. So now it could be overkill again, and uh, who knows what's going to happen, you know, whether it's uh, uh, the locked-in areas like the Lampman and or those infamous uh, McCoon Lakes that we're seeing and uh, which had uh, messed up some of the farmers around that area. And then, of course, uh, through the rest of the province. Uh, And I don't know how extensive this snow was uh did it just cover the southeast area here or did it extend a little uh, further I, north I, I know that the uh the south central got some and i mm-hmm. think there was some in the uh you know weyburn and yorkton areas but mm-hmm. i think we got hit the hardest yeah lampman stoughton estevan you know at Oxbow. the same time yeah. we ducked the snow that most of the province got in october right which we we saw the the result mm-hmm. of that one when it came mm-hmm. time for harvest and the delays it caused right. and many producers weren't able to get into their fields. So, I mean, it's mm-hmm. gone both ways. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I I I do think it's uh it's it's mm-hmm. it's nice to always nice for the farmers to get the snow. But yes, there are some who are going to yes. say. I just came too from much. The, the corn and soybean uh, summit that they were having in Estevan, uh, just actually today and. Uh, and this morning sessions, and uh, of course there is about 30 agricultural people kicking around there, producers kicking around there, uh, getting some information on growing corns, corn for grain, corn for grazing, and of course uh, soybeans. And um, none of them were expressing major concerns over the uh, snow at this point, other than, like everybody else, the problems of trying to get around in it. That's that's their main concern right now. I think they will, they'll probably... Um, as farmers will are want to do, they'll they'll start worrying around February, early part of March, and then they'll start uh, doing a little uh, navel gazing and seeing what they're going to do and how they're going to do it and how wet it's going to be, because uh, this is an anomaly, you know, and there could be uh, 
a pretty normal uh, winter coming in after this uh, little burst. Well, thank you very much, Norm. Coming up next, Jamie Harkins will be by to talk about the latest in the Estevan sports scene. Thank you, Dave. Welcome back. Joining me now is Jamie Harkins, the sports reporter for the Estevan Mercury Publications. Jamie, it's great to see you here again. Hi, thank you very much for having me. And obviously the big story in the sports community in Estevan this past week was the announcement that Estevan will be hosting the Sastel uh, men's uh, curling tanker, the provincial tournament, in 2018. Obviously this is uh, uh, big news for the uh, curling club. Uh, what were your thoughts when you found out this uh, news, Jamie? Oh, it's fantastic. It's the next big event to come to Estevan. Um, they're going to try. It's going to be at Affinity Place. They're taking over the rink for uh, two weeks and uh, got 2,000 seats there. They're looking to fill it. I think the last time that Estevan hosted an event of this size was in 2001, my first winter here, uh, covering the uh, the Women's Provincial Championship. And uh, they turned the, uh, the, the civic ice into... Uh, into curling ice and and so did they give an explanation on how they're going to be converting affinity to uh curling ice a little bit it should be pretty interesting um well they'll have james gordon the ice technician with the um estevan curling club he'll be working with i guess um ice technicians with curl sask and what i what i believe is what they're going to do is they're going to be first they'll be sectioning off um part of the ice uh, to get four sheets ready, um, like the right size and everything for uh, the curling sheets. And um, they're going to be taking all the glass from around the boards out so people are going to be able to watch it. And uh, they're going to be putting a whole new level of ice on top of the, I guess, current ice that's there, or I'm not exactly sure if they're even going to put boards down on top of the ice and then put the new ice on top of that. And then they all, this is going to take about a week, and then they're going to have the the event and then it's apparently it's going to take them about two days or so to get it all back in shape and get the Bruins back in there. Well, it certainly sounds exciting. I know you're relatively new to the sport, but uh, you've had a chance to see some of the top men's teams in the province uh, here through the world curling tour stop that Estevan has. So uh, what can people, ex- local fans expect to see as far as the level of curling and the level of competition at this event? It'll be the best in the province. It's the provincial championship. So, um, like, there'll be Steve Laycock. I haven't seen him live, and he's won the past couple. So he will most likely be there. And, um, yeah, everybody's just going to be competing hard trying to get to the briar. Did they announce if they were if they are in need of anything as of yet? Are they looking for volunteers or sponsors already? Uh, not right now that I know of, that they're not really looking um, like the tankard in 2017 hasn't been completed yet so they're pretty much just kind of waiting until that one um, goes ahead and then they're going to ramp up activities excellent well uh you know i'm certainly looking forward to watching some of it i'm certainly i'm sure you're looking forward to covering and we're looking forward to seeing some of the things that you'll uh come out of it uh the other thing on the sports beat that's been happening in town of course is the continued success of the uh, estevan power dodge bruins who have uh remained one of the top teams in the league since the last time you were in here uh we've touched on this before are you surprised with how they've been able to sustain their level of play and their success this year not anymore really kind of getting used to it um they're they're a fantastic uh high scoring team um 
I think really it comes down to uh, really Jason Miller and Mac McNeil and um, the leadership and the scoring touch that they brought to the team. Um, they're basically, uh, plus you got Lennon Pasichuk is just he's going crazy this year. He's getting a point a game pretty much almost. So, uh, yeah, they're just they're just outgunning everybody. I said before the year I thought Pasichuk might lead the league in scoring. I don't think he's going to get that, but he's certainly been one of the best. I think the one thing, you know, a Chris Lugard deserves a lot of credit. It's something I mi- mi- missed the last time we talked. Uh, Chris Lugard deserves a lot of credit for the team that he's assembled and the way he's been uh, letting them fly and just showcase their skills. And it's not something you necessarily see in today's uh, overcoached uh, junior hockey. But I think one of the things that just has stunned me about this team I don't know if I've ever seen a team in which there's fewer, in which everybody has met expectations or surpassed expectations like this. There's been no underachievers. There's been no problem players this year. Is that something you know, you're closer to the team than I am? Is that something that you would agree with? Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, yeah, there hasn't really been any disappointments whatsoever, and everybody's just been kind of playing a. I can't really say above their level, say playing to their level. Um, so it's just uh, it's just wonderful to see just right through the lineup. Um, you know, like the third line scoring with Gobert, he's up there in the top 10. Um, second line, uh, just with Miller. Uh, and then I guess the first line, um, Pasichuk, Holt, and uh, McNeil are just leading the league. I think that's one of the things you touched on when Zach Gobert is your third line center. You're going to be in pretty good shape. Mm-hmm, exactly. Uh, another player I want to touch on since we've got a story on him in this week's edition of Southeast Lifestyles is uh, Mark Edmonds, who's been on the top defensive pairing most of the year with Josh Rieger. He's a guy who, you know, on those powerful Regina Pat Canadian teams the last few years, maybe hasn't had as much uh, hype or uh, attention paid to him as some of the other players on that team. But uh, just what are your thoughts on uh, Edmonds' play so far this season? He's just a steadying force back there. Uh, he's not really going to get up there. Like he basically lets uh, you know, kind of Rieger get all the points and maybe the accolades. But uh, he's back there. He's uh, smart. He's uh, he just he keeps the work up defensively to make sure that if there are any breakdowns um, with the uh, with the running gun style, that he's uh, back there to just make sure nothing goes wrong. He might be an early candidate for uh, most improved or most uh, underrated player. Mm-hmm. on the team uh quickly it is to wrap things up on this segment is there you, you know last time we talked we talked about gaining another defenseman uh they've brought in jake here's pink from salmon arm is did you still see a a need or two uh, for this team as we approach the january 10th trade deadline uh well i'm kind of surprised that the uh traded logan foster away and that just came on the heels of also um losing kyle desange so it's fourth line, but I think maybe they might be looking for a fourth line center, maybe somebody who can even play maybe on the third line. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Jamie. It's always a pleasure. And uh, I certainly hope you have a Merry Christmas, and I look forward to talking to you again in the new year after the January 10th trade deadline. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you, too. Welcome back. And joining me now for our closing segment is uh, Norm Park, the editor of the Estevan Mercury. We're going to just quickly discuss a few quick uh, Christmas-related things happening in town. Norm, uh, one of the things that's got a lot of people talking is something that we're doing here at the Estevan Mercury, which is our first ever 
ugly Christmas sweater contest. Have you got a? Let's be clear. It's it's beautiful people, but ugly sweaters. Yes, okay? ugly Christmas sweaters. Yes, great people, ugly sweaters. Have you got a an ugly Christmas sweater of your own? I do not. In fact, I, I, sometimes I wonder if my whole darn wardrobe is ugly. But <laughs> but to be more specific, uh, no, I have not. I do not own an ugly sweater. But when it came time for us to uh, grab the theme and uh, show a little uh, team team play here, uh, it's amazing how the the advertising sales representatives <laughs> came forth with a a lot of great sweaters that could be worn by all of us. And, and so I was happy to don a couple of the real ugly ones and I get out there and, and push the product. <laughs> I think Deanna's been, uh, Deanna Tarnas, one of our sales reps, has been wearing an ugly Christmas sweater in the office every, every day. day for, yeah. So she's certainly been behind it. We've had a lot of people post on social media their photos. And if you haven't already, the deadline to post a picture of your ugly sweater on our Mercury Facebook page is around December 20th or 21st. So Go online, put a picture of yourself, post a selfie, and it's about the only time I ever encourage anyone to wear a selfie. Uh, go into a local participating business, post a selfie of yourself on our Mercury Facebook page, and that's how you're entered, and you can do that as many times as you wanted. And yes, I've got into the spirit of it. I'm not eligible to enter, but I have been a team player and purchased an ugly Christmas sweater. You actually purchased one. Yeah, I saw it, and it is bad. Yeah, it is very bad. But I was wondering about Deanna's, like, her, her fashion sense, you know, because how could one person have that many bad sweaters? Uh, it, you know, is she the fashionista of ugly sweaters in the in the office? I do not know, but she's come up with some, some uh, dandies. And when I say dandy, I don't mean it in the nicest sense of the word. Uh, no, absolutely not. <laughs> Moving on, uh, of course, it's also being Christmas time. Uh, it's, it's important to support local organizations that are making a difference at Christmas time. And here in Estevan, we've got a few of them. You got the Salvation Army. Right. Their cattle campaign is underway. I did my bell ringing shift at the mall last Saturday, and I've never seen had that much money put into a kettle. Uh, during one of my shifts. It bodes well, and I hope they do have enough volunteers because if they don't, then that means the kettle has to be canceled for the, for that period. For that two-hour shift. For that uh, that shift, and, and then that uh, you know could take hundreds of dollars mm-hmm. away from, from their uh, from their target. And, of course, uh, they have the hamper program, and then, of course, they've got all those, those other programs that they have to, uh, um, <clears throat> excuse me, they have to bring to the public. So... Mm-hmm. So it's uh, and this is this is sort of their harvest season uh, yeah. for the Salvation Army. So I think that's a prime time to to throw uh, some some of your extra dollars into the pot at that at that point. And then of course, <clears throat> excuse me, there are other uh, uh, like I mean I know community one, hamper I'm, association, community hampers. Uh, I'm a humane society uh, mm-hmm. supporter, and I I look at you know who else needs support right around this time of year right now than the Humane Society because mm-hmm. they're out there rescuing a lot of these stray dogs and cats right now that are really suffering now that this cold weather has hit. And then, of course, uh, we've got uh, whatever else there is. All the churches have, have you know, come in with uh, specialized programs and, and uh, service clubs are getting into the spirit of it. So, um, you know, this is kind of a nice time of the year mm-hmm. to, to uh, in spite of the cold weather, Things are happening. The Community Hamper Association, of course, operates the Angel Tree, and you were down at the Angel Tree uh, earlier right. mm-hmm. uh, this week getting a, a picture of it. That's another uh, valuable right. one yeah. in town, and it ensures yeah. the kids 
have a toy at Christmas. Right. And uh, I think what's happening there is the first couple of days, they said it was very slow because of the weather. Yeah. And they were getting a little bit concerned. But I was there on, the, I believe, the third day, the 8th, and uh, it was starting to pick up. In fact, as I was there chatting with the... uh, with the uh, tree attendant, who was uh, who was Lynn Kindop that particular time, and uh, just as we were standing and, and sitting and talking, uh, three or four of the gifts came rolling in. So, so it was uh, obvious that uh, there was getting some traction on that day. But uh, the staff at the Walmart were just saying that, that they were a little concerned the first couple of days because the Angel Tree just did not get off to a very good start. But it, uh, it appears, like I say, to have some traction now that uh, people are able to get up and get around. And we've seen, you know, yes, on uh, on December eighth, the uh, Estevan Fire Rescue Service had their fill a fire truck uh, yeah. initiative to mm-hmm. get people to drop off a pick up or purchase a toy. And then December 9th, the Estevan Police Service did their fill a yeah, cruiser uh, yeah. effort yeah, to. Yeah. To, to Top up a cruiser. There, when, when I was there, there were lots of mm-hmm. toys in the back of the cruiser, so that's uh, certainly mm-hmm. encouraging to see. Yep. One last thing uh, before we wrap up is Christmas shopping. December 8th was Moonlight Madness in downtown Estevan, and it went ahead despite the frigid temperatures, and producer Sam was down covering it, and he said there were a lot of shoppers down there. So, Did you find the tree, Sam? <laughs> Sam's given us the thumbs up on that one, which is good. And uh, it it just, we want to emphasize the need to shop local at Christmas time. I'll do most of my Christmas shopping before I go back to BC. And I'm sure you're going to do your Christmas shopping. I've always done it, you know, everything from the farmer's market right through up to the the local retailers. And, uh, you know, and of course, I even do try to seek out the independent local Mm -hmm. retailers uh, just to, uh, to, uh, indicate the fact that I live in Estevan. Yes, and uh, there's there's no shortage of uh, places for people to shop uh, in Estevan, in the Estevan area, in the uh, last couple of weeks before Christmas. Right. Well, thank you very much for joining me, Norm. It's always a pleasure. I want to take this time to wish you and, and Sam, and, uh, you know, I gave... Jamie, my Christmas wishes earlier today, as well as to Trinda Jocelyn and Brian Zinchuk, uh, who have been regular contributors, uh, to all our listeners and who have been faithfully listening to these episodes all year. Uh, It's been fun doing this, and we certainly hope we can continue to do this next year. So uh, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Great, wonderful, and and, uh, et cetera. (laughs) 